Hey, 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 everybody. This is your favorite crazy watchman, Lee Jackson, America's finest watchman. Hey there. So what's happening, kitties? What's happening, kids? Did you find any good watches this week? I hope so. I hope you got lots to tell me. Uh, you can also answer some of these things. Uh, we are going to put up a website where you'll be able to see things and talk back. And I started talking about some of the nice responses I got from people. I can handle it. Believe me, I can handle it. I've been through everything. This business, uh, almost 30 years, and I had to put up with some crazy stuff. So we started talking about some of the things I had to put up with. I worked for a company called, it was a shopping network called Asia America. And I went over there because I had a lot of watches all over the place in stores and stuff. And this guy had heard about me and I had heard about him. And they said, you know, they do a lot of pocket watches. Maybe you should go over there and check out they're doing wristwatches with them. And I said, yeah, that's a good idea. So I walk in the door and very professional. You know, you got a lady buzz you in. And I'm expecting Asia America, some Asian guy to come in. And here comes this Brooklyn druggist, little guy. Hey, man, how you doing? And I'm like, holy mackerel. And he was really smart, this guy. The name was, I changed everybody's name, by the way, because as I've said before, all these people are, I think, still around, a lot of them. And I don't want to offend people. So I've changed their name. But his name was Mickey Stein. And he was a very interesting person, very smart man. Uh, he had set up uh, Olympic coins in the 80s. He had the X on all these Olympic coins. I mean, this guy was in the coin business for years and years and years. And he was very smart. And he set up this Olympic coins. And then he decided he went to China because I don't know why, but he had some affinity with the Chinese that were just getting started in the coin business. So he went actually over there and got the exclusive on all the gold coins coming out of China. Just imagine that. So I go in and talk to this guy and he says, yeah, you know, come on, uh, you can do shows. It's easy and this and that. And I said, okay, no problem. He had a safe, a walk-in, like a walk-in safe room. And in that room, there was an armed guard 24 hours a day. It was the wildest thing I ever saw because they had gold bullion there and gold coins from China on demand so that when they sold them, the guard would give it to them. They'd sign out for it. So it was always there. They never ran out. But they had a guard in this thing armed 24 hours a day. It was the wildest thing I ever saw. Um, his wife was Japanese. And be, for those of you wondering, why am I telling you this crazy story? Because you're going to laugh. It's that funny. Some of the stuff that went on was just so wild. It's hard to describe. Um, one time I was doing shows late night and sh the wife, Annie, calls up to the control room and says, tell him to cut the hair on his arms. It's too long. It doesn't look good. And I thought, what the hell? Why is she interfering? I'm doing a show. You know, I'm doing it live and I'm hearing this in my ear because we had these earpieces that they could talk to you from the control room and say, hey. And I thought, wow. This is nuts. And then as I knew her more, she was the craziest, I mean, certifiably insane. And she came from a very high-end Japanese family. And her husband thought it was very funny the way she acted. He just thought it was amusing. Like she would put out a memo, no clipping of nails or hair in, in the uh, office. And they had two offices. They had the studio. And then they had their own business with the bullion and the gold coins from China and the Olympic stuff. That was separate. And she put out a memo. You know, no cutting of your hair or nail clippings is bad karma, bad juju, I guess, whatever. 
she would grab guys by the unmentionables. I swear I'm not kidding. And I can't tell you all of it because we're trying to do a family show. Otherwise, if I told you what she said and did, you guys would all go, whoa. I mean, I'll tell you one last story and then we're going to move off of her because she was unbelievable. But I've got a couple doozies. But the one that I think is really amusing is a friend that I knew um, double dated with this guy, with Mickey and his wife, Annie. Back in the late 70s, they were all in business together, I guess, in the bullion business. And they double dated. And they had young kids. My friend uh, John had young kids, he and his wife. So they, um, Mickey and Annie came to their house. And they had a babysitter there for their kids. And the babysitter was like 18 years old. So Annie walks up to the babysitter and grabs her boob. <laughs> I swear, I'm not kidding. And the girl screamed and ran out and everybody turned to Annie and said, what the hell did you do that for? And she said, gee, I want to see if they were real or not. <laughs> That's the kind of stuff that went on on a regular basis in this place. And it wasn't funny at the time. It was scary. <laughs> I don't know how else to describe Looking back, it's funny. But at the time, it was so bizarre that we were actually all like just shocked at her behavior. She did all kinds of stuff like that. And I can tell you other places I've been where I had to deal with some real crazy people and crazy things going on. I mean, these were not like today with QVC and HSN where everything is regulated, nicely done. This is the wild west. Everything was seat of the pants. If you had a show that was doing well, uh, Mickey would say, let him keep going. And the next person have to wait 15 minutes or 10 minutes or whatever till it slowed down. He say, okay, go ahead. So we had schedules that were very flexible in those days. And I worked till one, two in the morning. A lot of times I closed up. I did shows till the end. I remember doing a new year's show and this is on the West coast. And I would do happy new year at, let's see, nine o'clock for New York area for the East coast. 10 o'clock for the, I think the Midwest and then 11. And then, I mean, like three, four times, I'd say happy new year to different areas because we were national. It's the craziest thing. Really wild. So these are the kind of stupid things that, that they did. And then I did crazy stuff, but my stuff was all done on TV live for fun. Um, I'd come out with crazy hats. I'm the crazy guy with the bolo tie and the wild shirts. And it's, it's really sad when you see these people that don't know who I am, what I am, nothing. It's sad because I'm telling you, I was really big and still am, even if I am in my own mind, but that's kind of where it's at. So um, let's talk about watches, shall we? We left off with IWC and the next one up that I definitely want to talk about is Jaeger LaCoultre, a really good brand, but a very interesting brand. They were called LaCoultre in the United States and they were called Jaeger LaCoultre everywhere else. So you can find LaCoultres here from the 50s into the 60s. They started using Jaeger LaCoultre later. And you can find LaCoultres pretty reasonably priced. And they're very good quality watches. And they made tons of them. They were probably the biggest mass market, decent, nice Swiss brand that was here in the 50s and 60s. And... They even case some of them here to save money on bringing them in because there were tariffs and so on. But Jaeger LaCoultre is a very fine watch company. A lot of their movements were used by Paddock and Vacheron and Audemars. I mean, they, they were really big, but they kind of were schizophrenic in my book because 
the La Culture brand is not as well received and valued as Jaeger La Culture, and yet it's the same thing. And Jaeger La Culture now is a very, very high-end, expensive watch company, but you could find reasonably priced watches um, from the La Culture brand all the way up into the 70s. And La Coltra bought Vacheron in 1938. So there's a lot of crossbreeding between the two companies. I mean, there's a watch called the Galaxy Watch, which is a mystery watch by La Coltra. And on the back, it says La Coltra Vacheron Constantine. So people call it a Vacheron, even though it's really not. It's kind of a combination of the two. Um, made some really cool stuff. One is the Reverso, which is a watch that when you wear it, you flip it over and it's a solid top and sometimes they put initials on it, but it's flat and it's solid. It's a tank watch and there you don't see a watch. <laughs> you have to flip it back over. It's very cool. Uh, and that's very popular. Their chronographs are extremely popular and expensive as hell. Um, they make all kinds of watches. And for some reason, they're kind of left out of the conversation. They're not up there with Rolex and Paddock and all them. And yet they're right, they really are right there. Their quality is exceptional. They're very collectible. But it's a nice niche because you can get some of their stuff reasonably priced. If you go back to the 50s, I mean, they made some really weird, wild cases like Lord Elgin did. They did even more. They did one called the Memo Vox which was an alarm, mechanical alarm watch. It was very popular. And it had two crowns, one you wind for the watch, one you wind for the alarm. And mechanically, it would like go on your wrist. Very popular, not it, super expensive. I'm sure now they're going up in price because all that stuff is getting very collectible. But that's one thing, if you want to collect watches, you should be on the lookout for La Coltres. There's lots of them. I mean, they really made a lot of watches. And that's good when you collect. Because that means you can get good deals. You can find stuff that's not ridiculously expensive and yet good quality. It's like what I would call a sleeper brand. And I've got other ones that I'm going to tell you if you keep listening to these podcasts. Please listen. Don't give up. I'll tell you some of these sleeper brands you can get some really good deals on and be very, very pleased. And they're there. You just have to know what to look at. And Jaeger La Culture is one of them. Um, I don't have any Jaeger La Cultures. I have in the past. Uh, La themselves doesn't do it for me, but Jaeger La Culture does. So I like the name when you find both and you can even find watches and instruments in airplanes that say Jaeger, but they were big in Europe, not here. Here it was more La Culture. There was, I'm trying to remember, there was a reason they couldn't use the whole name in the U S I don't know. It's kind of cuckoo. Okay. Next is Longines, the world's most honored watch. I really like Longines watches. They're inexpensive. They're very good quality. I used to rank them with Omega. So Longines and Omega are kind of similar, and they were fighting for market dominance in the 40s, 50s, 60s. Longines is now owned, I think, with Omega. I'm trying to remember who owns them now. Might be Richemont. I'm not sure who owns them, but I know they're bought up by a conglomerate. And they used to have commercials all the time, the world's most honored watch. And you'd see them, John Cameron, Swayze, and all these people would talk about them, uh, lawn jeans. And in the background, you'd see a clock for sports event. I would say lawn jeans. Uh, they were very good, very collectible, and they made a lot of watches, which for you means there's a lot of collectability out there and their prices are not going to be ridiculous. 
one of the things people look for in Longines is their aviator and chronograph watches. Very highly regarded, very highly sought after, and not cheap. Um, they have Longines you can buy today brand new that are beautiful watches, not ridiculously expensive if you're into brand new, and nice. I mean, I've had a lot of Longines watches. They're very good quality. Longines means long meadow in, in uh, I think, Swiss. And they were a big manufacturer for many, many, many years. They still are around. They're not as big as they used to be, but they're good for collecting. So if you want to look for some cool watches, Longines is a Swiss watch. It's very good quality, and they're very reasonable. You don't have to pay an arm and a leg. You can get it for, uh, like W.C. Fields used to say, a, ha a handful of hay. Okay, next, we go to Mavado. Now, here's a really interesting watch and an interesting company. Used to be a very high-end company, Movado, and they decided to take the mid-direction and kind of go with more reasonably priced, nice-looking watches. They actually started in 1881, and uh, they're from Switzerland. They were given the Movado name in 1906, which means it's an Esperanto name, and it means always in motion, Movado, which is a really good name. Um, they came out with their museum watches in the late forties. They became very famous. It was designed by a guy named Nathan Horwitz and you can still see it. They have them in the museum of modern art in New York. It's the big dot on a black round dial. Very cool looking. And they're called the museum watch. They have milked that to death over the last 60, 70 years. There are so many versions of the museum watch still doing it today i just saw a commercial the other day beautiful great design very clean looking there's no numbers no markers no nothing it's just a round dial usually black or gold with a big dot at 12 o'clock and it is a very very iconic famous design now again movado used to be a very expensive watch company so if you're looking for older movado some of them can be really good I mean, really fine movements, really good quality. I've had some real good ones. I've had um, the Perpetual Calendar Movado, big fat little bugger in the 90s that was brand new and great quality and not ridiculous. I think I sold them for five, $6,000 and they were big, solid gold, brand new in a box, really good deal. Uh, maybe less, I don't remember. It's been so many years, but they do make good watches. They make mass market. Their baby brand for the real inexpensive market is called ESQ. I don't think they're still making them, but I'm not sure. They might be, but they were like cheap mass market watches, but decent quality. The Movado name is good quality. Um, they didn't have a, another name. That was it. Movado was it. So we're going to take a quick break and we will be